Sometimes the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to yet another episode of your Heroes of Noise. I am one half of this amazing duo. I am Steve. Half number two at your service. My name is Dan. Welcome to the show, everybody. We're tardy again. Don't worry. It's going to stop real soon, I promise. Like, we can actually promise that, right? Tardiness will stop in the next four weeks or so. The next month is going to be iffy. We're going to have... I don't know how many shows, only because we have the word. Everybody understands that. We will be, I need to get more active in the community while our shows are iffy. But um, if there's a situation of we can't do a show in a certain week, we just have to go that direction because we're just pushing out the word and people are working and everything's going haywire. But after the word is done, we're going to be right back on schedule uh, and and we'll, we'll be right back to the heroes of noise that are on a weekly situation guaranteed. The heroes of noise that you know and love, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, of course. I do need to be more active in the community while we, if we don't have show, I need to just get in there and be like, hey, I need to try the Facebook Live. That's what I need to do. You keep saying it, and I think you would be perfect for it. So you have I, this, I this handsome that. face that will show up. If I put my face up there, we're going to lose all of our will you, listeners. Dan, will you stop, please? <laughs> Here's the thing. You've already agreed that you're objectively a handsome person. No, I just agreed with you so you'd stop saying it because I was getting oh, okay, uncomfortable. I didn't know that. Oh, that makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever you say. I have a question for you. What's up? It's an interesting question. Um, so far with your monthly regal thing, has it been worth it? Oh, yeah, totally. It's just that, honestly, I haven't had time over the last few weeks, man. That's what I'm thinking. Should I do it? Yes, because think about it. It's 20 bucks a month, man. You're going to knock that out in two showings. You're right, though, dude. It's so worth it. You're totally right. And then you get the 10% discount, so you're getting robbed less. You know what? You're totally right. Not only, yeah, because instead of spending $16.50 for a water, you're spending $16. So it's totally worth it, Steve. I think I'm going to do that. I've been going through my little I need to watch more movies situation. I actually looked in to apply for our press pass for TIFF. It's already obviously too late. But for next year, and they said that the press pass is $500 to apply for it. Even the application for the press pass is $500. That's if you don't get it or if you do get it. Did you say, that's a lot of clams. (laughs) I did. That's exactly. How did you know that's exactly what I said? Because everyone says that's a lot of clams when it's a lot of that's clams. That's true. Steve. That's totally true. Would you go to a film festival? Hell yeah, I'd go to a film festival. Because I looked it up and they have the San Luis one, Palm Springs, uh, another one in uh, Northern California. Toronto's the furthest, but there's a bunch in California. What's the one in Texas? Uh, that's um, Redford started it. It's uh, Sundance. Sundance. Yeah, let's go to that yeah. one. I've never been to Texas. And it's in a very liberal part. I, th- I think it's in Austin, right? It is in Austin. I'd love to go yeah. to Austin. There's several reasons, man. I would take you to the world-famous barbecue there, Franklin Barbecue. I'm sure you would love that. We could have a nice okay. meal. Oh, maybe mushrooms? <laughs> I'm sure there's mushrooms in there somewhere. You could just yeah. eat the mushrooms off of my steak. I think they'd be mad at me when I walked in like I'm vegetarian. with like everything, like the record scratches. We don't take yep. kindly to people like you in these parts, you vegetarians. That's what they'd say because we're in a liberal part. They'll be like, they'll be like, we don't like your type here. We're like, oh, black hump. It's like, what? Whoa, 
what? No. You're vegetarian. What kind of? <laughs> oh, slow down, Junior. Why you got to bring racism into this? You must be from the northern tip of California. <laughs> he brings his wife over. She's black. Baby, get over here. Look what he just said to me. Look what this nice young man just said. I'll be like, what have I done? <laughs> I have a question for you. What's up? Oh, this is going to be a crazy question. Uh-huh. Uh What accent do people from Montana have? Do they have it? They have to have some kind of accent, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, You made me do a good um right there. You stumped me. I don't know. I assume that it would be a little Southern. I don't know. Like a, sli- like a twinge of Southern. Not a lot. It has to be. And of course, I don't really think people from Texas talk that way, by the way. Do you think really there's someone out there still in the world that goes, we don't take kindly to people like you? Yes. Yes. Tell them, man. He's like, yeah, boss, we do. Now that probably not. <laughs> I think but so. But we don't take kindly to you? Yes. I don't think we can have one without the other. No. I think the, that's not. I think that's a... I'd love to see where that came from because normally it's rooted in someone that talked like that and it's just like one person to talk like that and now they're like, everyone talks like that. Yeah, I don't know. But that Texas thing, yes, because you've seen the interviews. So the Montana thing, though, I'm not entirely sure, bro. I, I don't know. Is anybody out there from Montana? Leave a voicemail for us. Thank you. Please do because I'm wondering, I don't know, a, I know stars are from Montana, but I can't, I mean, if you Google it, obviously like a bunch of stars. But in my brain, Matthew McConaughey is, and he's not. He's from Texas, I believe. So, but he seems like a Montana guy. <laughs> he seems like, oh, that's a Montana. That's Montana. But I don't know who is from Montana where I could be like, oh, there's the accent. I enjoy the big Montana from uh, Arby's. It's a uh, lovely roast beef sandwich. Wait a minute, dude. What is going on with Arby's? You go to Arby's still? Mm, I have. I, I'm ashamed to admit that I've gone twice in the last year. That's not, their their thing isn't, wait, is it steak it's what's for dinner? Or beef it's what's for dinner? Is that their slogan? I don't think so, but remember it goes, beef, it's what's for dinner. Is that just a beef commercial? Or was it a certain place? I vaguely remember the saying, I think it might be commercial. I don't know what Arby's is. I don't know what their catchphrase is. We're still here, I imagine. Come eat crap. Oh, but you know what? They're little, they're, I used to love their, uh, Sandwiches with all the folded meat on it. I was like, oh, that mug is good. With their with their sauce, that mug was good. Hold the phone. When was this? When did you stop eating meat? Seven years ago. Yeah, when I was broke, they're one of the few things that you could buy. You could go in for, with like $4 and buy it. Now, mind you, Taco Bell had everyone beat. We could buy like 18 bean burritos for four bucks. But when you got sick of that, you could go to um, Carl's Jr. that had the famous star for like 90, 99 cents as long as you didn't add like cheese to it. Uh, but Arby's was another place you can get fed really well with $4. What are your thoughts on Jack in the Box? I like Jack in the Box. That was another place. It was right by uh, my high school. So everybody would go there on lunch break and uh, you could get a, uh, uh, what was their thing? What was um, Jack in the Boxes? They had the ultimate cheeseburger. I think they still do. What was their 99 cent one back in the day? Oh, the jump. Oh, uh, God. Was it the Jumbo Jack? Was it the Jumbo Jack? I think it might have been the Jumbo Jack. It was good. They were like, for me, everyone's like, this burger's not as good as this burger. I'm like, if you gave me a Carl's Jr. Burger, burger and a Jack in the Box burger when I'm hungry, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Not Arby's is the one I'd be able to be like, oh, well, by the look, I could tell. Yes, this is an Arby's burger. Yeah, you have different Carl's, meats. 
Exactly. Carl Jr. and Jack in the Box. No, I, I wouldn't be able to tell in the least bit. Did Not you, a chance. And did you ever work in fast food? I did. I got fired from Taco Bell. <laughs> I got fired from Taco Bell too. Did you really? Did we just become best friends again? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Dragon. <laughs> yep. Did we just become friends? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'll never put my nuts on your instrument, Steve. Oh, that was so funny, dude. <laughs> oh, I'm never going to forget that scene. Share the story. Why did you get fired from Taco Bell? Okay. Number one, I was the slowest person on the line. <laughs> I was looking at people like they were doing magic tricks. They were looking at the screen, looking down, then remembering the order. And I was looking at everybody. I was like, am I the only one that doesn't understand the magic trick y'all are doing right now? How do you remember that? You can't multitask like, in the fast food industry? Dude. It was incredible. They were doing, I was like, wow, you guys are magicians. And so there, I was already on the cutting board. Then one day, there was a time back in the day, like 99, they were selling these crazy straws with an eye in the middle of them. It was a weird straw they were giving out. And a woman came up to the cash register and she said, hey, how would I go about getting one of those crazy straws? I'd say, you would ask me for a crazy straw. And I got fired on the spot. Because you gave, you stole from Taco Bell, kind of, in their eyes. No, I, for them, they said, you have to be nicer. Because I'd be like, I, you know, she's like, how would I get a crazy straw? I was like, you would go about asking me for a crazy straw. Oh, I, I, thought, you I thought you <laughs> meant like, you were like, well, all you have to do is ask this guy and I'll happily hand you one. You're like, you're like, well, you can start by asking for one. That's my attitude. Damn, yeah. Hudson. What's wrong with you, And man? then I got fired. I was, a, the thing is, it was just one of those. Looking back, I had to have had a bad day because I would have never said anything like that. So I must have had a bad day. And it was the lunch rush. And we were right by the, um, which high? Oh, we were at, by Madeira High. And that during lunch, dude, it was, I, I mean, that lunch rush for high schools, dude, at Taco Bell, bro. No joke. Golly, dude. Yeah. I was like, how are y'all doing? I mean, we were they were talking about in the thousand. They're like, we had a thousand dollar hour. I'm like, in an hour? So I'm still trying to figure this out. You tell her you can start by asking me for a straw. And yes. then did she complain? Did your manager hear? Yes. Yes, she complained. That young man over there was rude to me about my eye straw. Very much so. Yes. And this was when I was like, I was, I had all the testosterone of, like, no one could tell me nothing. And then I didn't realize, oh, you can get fired, huh? <laughs> yeah, that is an option. <laughs> How did that go down? Did he just go, you know what? You're fired, Hudson. Get out of here. Or did you get no, called into he the let office? Me finish, he let me finish the day. Of course. Those are all, you know what? Those bastards are always that way. You know I what? We're going to fire him, but we're going to milk him for every bit of labor we can before we fire him. And so I went home and they didn't call me for like three days. So I called them and this, this girl that was really cool. She's like, yeah, they fired you, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, like, I would have liked to get that information. I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't, my thing was, I didn't want to tell my mom. Cause it was like, she had been wanting me to like get a job and I finally got one. And then I get fired from what in her brain is the easiest job on the face of the planet. So she's thinking my son is going to have a rough life. He is going to have it very bad during the course of his life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I obviously, she didn't realize you can get paid to play a, an instrument. <laughs> She's like, oh, maybe you should just start playing for churches. You turned it around. Did I ever tell you how I ended up playing for churches? No. I got embarrassed. 
What do you mean? Someone called you out or something? You took a, a challenge? No, what happened was I could play like Mary had like some easy. Right. And other than classical music, I could, I could only play classical music. That's all I could play. I didn't know anything else. And Stevie Wonder song. And so one day I'm in a church. <laughs> I'm going to just ignore the fact that you just told me that you could play classical music and Stevie Wonder songs. But for some reason, when you went to church, it was. Dun, 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 That's dun, it. Dun. Because they do a whole different style in like the black church. And so I walked in and uh, this woman named Adeline, she's a beast on the piano, on gospel music. And so uh, she was singing a song and she looked in the crowd. She's like, we need a pianist. And I saw her eyes catch me. And I was like, I look behind me like, well, I don't know why you're looking at me for. I can't do this. And she's like, get up here, Steve. And once they say, get up here, Steve, you kind of can't be like, no, I'm going to go ahead and say no to you in front of this church. No. So I walk up to the organ and I play so horribly that people just stop singing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. What is this bullshit? I couldn't even do that. It was terrible. So after the service, Adeline pulled me aside. She's like, baby, that is the only way you're going to learn. And so she knew I wasn't there and I would never get there until I got embarrassed. And after that, I just literally closed myself in the room and learned how to play everything. You know, I won't bring up why, but you have told me a few instances, even on this show, where you upped your game because of a challenge. Oh, for sure, dude. Like that was an embarrassing thing. You don't like being challenged. No, I do not. I do not. If someone says, yeah, Steve, too bad you could never do that thing. I'm like, oh, really? Good to know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to manipulate the shit out of you from now on. (laughs) (laughs) You you know, it's funny. Like, you are a self-starter. Like, you'll just do stuff. To a fault. I you do people. I know you know the story, but there was a time where I told Dan, I was like, Dan, we could just, I, I'll even foot the bill to actually hire a producer. And Dan was like, No, I don't want anybody touching our files. You better get like, back. I was like, Dang, really? I just, I didn't think you were that serious about. It. I was like, we, I could just hire somebody. They do it and they put it out. And you're like, Uh, uh-uh. uh, no, no, no. I was like, Mine. I was like, oh, yeah, exactly. You did a mine, dude. I was no. like. <laughs> Dad is serious about his his files. You know what, though? It's taught me something. Like, I've learned how to do things on this, you know? So I'm kind of glad that I held on to it because it taught me a... I don't know if it's a trade necessarily, but it did teach me a skill. You know what? I could. It, it's funny because thinking about this podcast, I was actually listening to a podcast this week. This is going to be a loose one, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking about this podcast this week because I heard a quote from Howard Stern. Uh, he was talking to Jerry Seinfeld, and he said, I go through life watching Howard Stern. And the guy was like, what do you mean? Uh, Jerry Seinfeld was like, what do you mean? He's like, I go through life watching myself do things that I'm going to say on the radio. When I'm in the line for food and someone does something stupid, it didn't happen to me. It happened to Howard Stern and that's going to be on the show. Everything's a possibility for the show. And I was like, I kind of go through life like that. Everything that happens is I'm going to have to say that on Heroes of Noise. I'm going to have to say that on Heroes of Noise for sure. No, I think that uh, I totally take a page from that book. I know there's a lot of people that don't like Howard Stern. They don't agree with his views, his past views. He's a completely different person now. He's kind of a... He grew up. He he grew up, yeah. But I think a lot of people have not forgiven him for shit that he said in the past and everything. I kind of take a page from that man's book when it comes to this show. 
And I agree with you that you, I mean, I'm not saying we're basing this show off the Howard Stern show, but I do think that there are some, some things that have just been sort of ingrained into me that I have to put into this. And I think you're, you know, obviously the same way, but I'm with you too. Like I collect data throughout my life. If a weird thing happens, I file it. I, you know what I, mean? I have a little folder yes. in my brain that I'm going to share on Heroes of Noise. Here's the one thing I can say about Howard Stern. Howard Stern is a person that he has outside of his door. More people have said, why the hell did I say that? Guaranteed. Because they're like, I would have never said that to even my best friend. Yeah. Why did I say that right. on air? He knows how to drag things out. And I think it's his ability to like... I'm sure he had segments and stuff like that, but if they were like, hey, um, Howard, we don't have any segments today. You're just going to have a conversation. Howard would be like, yeah, that's five hours. I can do that. Yeah. He totally I can have can. a conversation with this person for five hours, and he makes it totally engaging. He asked questions that I was like, like he got Paul McCartney to explain how the Beatles broke up, not just how we all know. He just straight up was like, this is what happened. I said, people are just like, oh, that was a fun story, but think about what he just did. Yeah. He got Paul McCartney to tell a story he's told 120 million times in a different way and act like he told it the first time. Paul McCartney was engaged in that conversation. Totally, man. Love him or hate him. He is one of the greatest, if not the greatest interviewer on the planet. He really is. He's the greatest interviewer on the planet. Who would be second? Conan, probably Conan O'Brien. Yeah, he's good too. He's really good. You don't have to like Howard Stern, but you cannot deny that he is the greatest interviewer on the planet. It's not close. No, it's really not. There is no Joe Rogan if Howard Stern doesn't exist. I don't always listen to Joe Rogan. Matter of fact, I rarely listen to Joe Rogan. Every once in a while, he'll have a guest on that I find really intriguing, so I'll check it out. But nah, dude, that guy can ramble, and he can really just sort of stretch out five hours sometimes, man, and he just keeps talking. And it's not like he's like, uh, let me see, what can we talk about next? No, it just keeps going. It's very natural. No, it's, it's almost like, here's what I would say. I would say, like, Howard Stern is a professor. And he's like, wow, that dude has a nice classroom. Yeah. And Joe Rogan's like a crater, like a like a preschool teacher. It's like, oh, this has a nice classroom. You guys both have a nice classroom in totally different arenas, in totally different universes. Rogan is not, he's he's not a person that engages me mentally at all. No. Whereas I'm not into, I'm not even into Howard Stern, but if I accidentally push play on an interview, I'll look up and be like, how did three hours just go by? Right. I only wanted to hear the segment of YouTube that I, because it says, uh, you know, oh, in this interview, this happens. I just want to get there. But next thing you know, I'm just sitting there listening. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's, I didn't know that. Like, I remember he did one with like Gwen Stefani. Who would think that, that would be interesting? Gwen Stefani fans, maybe. Exactly. <laughs> but for me, I'd be like, uh, but he knows how to make that, that interview very interesting. I haven't heard his Dave Grohl. I heard his Dave Grohl interviews really good. Has he had two of them? He's been on a couple of times. Yeah, not the one that he recorded that song on. Everlong. I think there was a later one. Yeah. yeah, there was a later one that he did. Um, but you're right. Howard Stern is, when I listen to that quote, I'm like, that's, and Jerry Seinfeld said, D- I don't turn that off. He's like, everything I live is through Jerry Seinfeld. Like, if I get up in the morning, I'm Jerry Seinfeld. I'm not just living life with like the average person. Everything has to be part of a, a bit, maybe. Did something just happen? Did something occur? Did some, you know what I'm saying? He's like, I have to do that. I'm not going to turn that off. Howard Stern was like, I needed to turn it off. I need to be me for a while. Can't do this anymore. I was like, oh, wow. But yeah, Jerry Seinfeld was like, no, 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 no. Everything's a bit. Everything. I just got to figure out how to make it funny. 
in podcasting now, when you look at podcasting, you go through all of the, like when you're searching for what's a perfect show. Like if people said, I can't find anything to listen to. Uh, I can't find any good podcasts. I'm like, you're just, that's ridiculous. There is something that will tickle your fancy in the podcasting world. There's it, something for everyone. For sure. Even if you go to Reddit thread and say, hey, what is the be- what are the best bingeable podcasts? They're, not everyone's going to be for you, but one of those bingeable podcasts are going to be great. Now, I would say these true crime podcasts, they should say up front before you start listening to this podcast, it's never solved. Then I just won't listen. These true crime podcasts are, they're going through the, they've found this thing where all of them end up at the end, nothing happens. But like I told you before, I'm like, I, why would I expect something to happen when you're not a cop? Of course, you're not going to solve this murder. Now, I have listened to a few that, oh my gosh, this podcast got this thing so popular that this random murder got solved after 20 years, which is an anomaly. But it is a great podcast at the end where you're like, you're not going to believe this, but they found the guy because we started this podcast. Yeah. But that normally does not happen. So I think people need to go on with, uh, if it's, true crime is probably not going to be your favorite. But if you're like, I can't find anything to listen to, then you're just not even looking. There's hundreds of thousands of podcasts now. There's only one podcast they should be listening to, Steve. The Word. There's only two podcasts. <laughs> That they should be listening to. And you know what? You kind of brought me back around to. I think that's actually why I don't listen to a lot of Stern is because there's so many podcasts now. And I'm talking about you people, the people that are listening, the ones that have podcasts. I listen to your shit, man. So I think that I would rather give my attention to people that I know personally than Howard Stern. What do you think about that? Dude, you're so right. That's actually, I, I would love to go. It's just ever so often. I think ever so often I, I, I get a new podcast and I'm just like, this is so like I recently bumped into another horror podcast that has like freaking 300 back episodes. And I'm like, oh, what have you done? And so that, but the good thing is they're 15 minute episodes, like 25 minute episodes. But I need to spend that time listening to, to the people that are in our circle. Yeah, man. For sure. They're putting out content that needs to be heard. Hey, real quick, man, before we get off of the Stern thing, it's not really the Stern thing, but we're talking about interviews. I just want to give you some kudos. I think you did a fantastic job on the Julianne Emery interview. Bruh, I appreciate that, especially coming from an interviewer like yourself. You are the king of interviews in the Heroes of Noise circle. I don't know, man, because, you know, you took this approach. You turned it into a conversation, and that is 100% you. I know we sort of talked about that prior and said, let's do something a little bit different, but you really went with it to the point where I sort of found myself. This happened a couple of times. I was watching you, and you were just going off, and you had this way with her, dude, and I really appreciate that. You did a very good I appreciate kudos, that. Thank kudos you. to Stephen Hudson for his first celebrity interview, ladies and gentlemen. That was insane. Like, there would be certain times where I'd have to remember, oh my gosh, it's Featherstone. Guys, if you haven't heard our interview with Julianne Emery, it's on the Word feed. And quite honestly, I got too busy. I'm going to put it back up on the Heroes feed too, in case you don't go that way of the word. But I really think it's worth checking out. I think it was a lot of fun. She's such a down-to-earth person. She's completely humble. Humble as they get, man. Like, she talked about subjects I didn't think she was going to talk about. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. You just got to listen. Yeah. And uh, it was it was very interesting to hear. Like, I've always wondered. And even then, I don't think that even people that are on TV have digested it. Where I was like, how does it feel knowing that you are a star? I want <laughs> that answer. How is that crazy or am I bugging? And I think there's a point at which... You have to be like, look, okay, I am more famous than most people. Yes. Yes, I know Will Smith. Okay. Like, yeah, you're famous. 
That's why you know Will Smith. I think that us talking to her about that really stuck with her because she actually retweeted it out. And she said, then the guys try to convince me that I'm a star versus a working actress. Wrong. I, here, wrong. 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 I guarantee your husband's probably like, you know, you are a, <laughs> you are a star. I'm just letting you know that's actually what you are. Because she's like, I know, but I can't say it publicly. And and she's so sweet. She's it was a great interview. That's what I'm looking forward to uh hopefully getting her on Heroes of Noise so that uh we could have a fun what you've been watching. And I know obviously she's not gonna be able to be like, this movie sucked. She can never say that. No, but it sounds like she's game to do it though. I think that if she has free time when she's not filming or something, I think she I really do think she would come on and just sit and bullshit with us. First, you know who I think you could get? Who's that? No lie for a sit-down interview. I'm not lying, dude. I think you could get Dave Grohl. No, I don't think so. I wouldn't even know where to start, dude. And there's like thousands of dudes like you and I right now that are just sitting recording saying, you know what? We should get Dave Grohl. I'll tell you one thing. You never know until you try because I've been very surprised we've been able to pull onto the shows. Yeah. Even at the level that they're at. You know, oh, speaking of, by the way, last year I spoke to Matt Leslie and Stephen J. Smith, who were the writers for Summer of 84. And I reached out to them recently again because they're going to be coming out with, they're working on a movie with the RZA and the Wu-Tang Clan. It's called Angel of Dust. Mm -hmm. And I kind of locked in something already. They're like, oh yeah, we'd be down to come back on and talk about that as soon as they can. So in the future, we'll be having them on again. Yeah, those guys are super cool too. You have to come on with them. They're really cool. They, I mean, they know their horror. That's the plus. And and every time I've responded to Homie, he's always, you know, he's responded. So he's, he's, Matt Leslie is dope like that. I guess at a certain point, you have to not answer everyone. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a little offended. What's homie's name? Plays Homelander? I've been reaching out to you saying some nice things. You can't say hi? Are you really the fucking Homelander? Is that what's going on? I think he's going like Patton Oswalt. Did you see his tweet about him? No. He just said, I just got on to um, the boys. Oh, my gosh. And let me tell you, uh, dude as a Homelander is a revelation. Or something like that saying... He is incredible. And I said, oh, he's going through his moment, dude. That's what's happening right now. He's going through his moment. And so I think he's so busy right now that I don't even, I haven't seen any, it's not like I've been running into YouTube interviews about him. I think he's just, this is his time. So he's just soaking it up. Steve, we're the heroes of fucking noise, though. You ain't lying, dude. We had freaking Julianne Emery on our show. Do you understand? What are we doing right now? Everyone else is now a step down. Right. So if she's been on our show, the least you can do right? is following her amazing footsteps. Yeah. I want to get to the point where we're having celebrities do bumpers for us before the show starts. That's where I want to be. I'll be, hi, I'm John C. Riley, and you're listening to Heroes of Noise. That's really good. That's a really good John C. Riley. I mean, hey, everybody. Wa- this is John C. Riley. You may have seen me on Step Brothers and Sherlock <laughs> Holmes. Forget about Sherlock Holmes. I also was in that movie about Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> that, gee, that is a really good John C. Riley, dude. That is incredible. That is really, really good. <laughs> wow. I didn't when when did you get John C. Riley? About 30 seconds ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me let me hear you do Will Farrell. I can't do Will Farrell. Does he have a thing? Yeah, he's got a thing, but I I haven't locked into Will Farrell. That's pretty freaking impressive. I love that John C. Riley. Oh, maybe we can get a um, dude. I you know what? In my brain, I th- I think Dave Grohl should be the next hit, live in person. The next one we bring, 
Yeah, in person. Hook it up. Come on, you got to know some people. You're in the entertainment industry. You've rubbed elbows with the stars while sitting in seats. <laughs> You've literally rubbed elbows with stars. Literally. I have. I have literally rubbed elbows with stars. But th- I think Dave Grohl is going to be a, that's going to be a reaching out to his, his manager or publicist and actually being so endearing that they start, I, if I make them laugh on an email, They'll be like, okay, you know, when we can, we'll get back to you. And I'll just keep on bugging them. Is there anyone out there? Anyone? I'm just taking a chance. I know the answer already, but I'm still taking a chance. If there's anyone out there, I don't care if you hear this when it gets published or if you hear it two years from now. If you know Dave Grohl, send him our way. I think it would be fun. We'd have a blast. And I would really have to be like, I have to get away from like being like, remember when you were in Nirvana? That was awesome. My whole thing would be like, I'm a person that came in late. And apparently you have a thing, brothers come to your group late. Cause like people like, he's a, he's a group that brothers like. And I was like, I wonder what that is about y'all. You know what? It is interesting to see brothers at rock shows sometimes. I always wonder like, how did you get here? I'm happy you're here. Welcome. And you're enjoying the shit out of yourself. I see happens a lot at Coheed shows. I see brothers just chilling and I'm like, good for you. I totally get Coheed. No, but it's cool. I like it because I think yeah. that uh, it should be that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, Coheed, I get. If they're at an Iron Maiden show, I would pull them to the side and be like, gee, what, what, what's happening? Hey, here? stop it. Stop it. Oh, by the way, <laughs> by the way, guys, thank you for bringing me back around again to Iron Maiden. I will. So um, I hate to say this, but again, we, we started at the top of the show saying that the show has been a little bit sporadic. We're trying to figure out time to do this, but we've both been busy, especially with doing the word. We're committed to that. We're going to see it through. However, next week, there is a huge possibility that there will be no Heroes of Noise. And I'm just letting you know why. It's because of me. I'm working a lot next week. And I've arranged my schedule so that next weekend, I can go see the Iron Maiden show in Los Angeles. I don't know if, uh, Steve, you want to pull somebody on and have a show? Unfortunately, it would have to be a weird because you know how my schedule is. My schedule is the only reason we do a show together is because our schedules match randomly. Like we, sh- we should not even really be doing podcasting. We just got lucky. We got lucky. You do evenings. I do evenings. It's a weird. Uh, it's like fate meant for it to happen. But if anything, I'm going to try to do a planned out Facebook live thing. I have questions for our community. Like, why are black people at Iron Maiden shows? Those are great questions. Dude, why you got to hate on Iron Maiden? Gee, there's n- dude. What are the black person doing at Iron Maiden show? Jay? But name one song. That's what I'm saying. See, that's what I'm saying. So you can't. You that's can't, what I'm saying. But, no, that's what I'm saying, sir. But I've heard that. I don't know <laughs> what the songs are, but I've seen clips of a concert, and I'm yeah. like, oh no, you shouldn't be there. Tell me why, though. I feel like you're about to get slightly racist. Oh, I'm totally. I'm getting all the way racist. Wow. So <laughs> no, I'm joking. What happened is okay. I'm not gonna say it would happen. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure Iron Maiden are like the dopest people on the, like really cool people. I don't know. I've never seen an interview with them. But if I went to an Iron Maiden show and they said black guy gets hurt at Iron Maiden show, no other black people would be like, that is crazy. No. I think most black people would be like, I mean, I don't know the story there, but (laughs) that's not a shot. (laughs) This is where you're wrong though, is because. I see how you could see that from the outside, right? That's what I'm saying. That's why I said I don't know them yet. But it's so wrong because it's a community, dude. All you got to do is walk in. You have a maiden shirt on, you are a part of the family. And that's just the way it is. Are you? Yes, you are. Everyone has a maiden shirt on. And it's not culty. It's just this, it's like a celebration. It's the best. Shanks knows what I'm talking about. Kevin Shanks went and saw Maiden recently. He knows. 
Kevin, I need your help with this one, man. I need you to write into Steve or at least <laughs> oh, voicemail the show. And please explain the situation at a maiden show. It's not this way, right? It's not this harsh thing. Don't get me wrong, Steve. There are some assholes uh-huh. that show up because, yes, I mean, but that's anywhere. You know what I mean? There's just these people that pop out out of toilets and they just, uh, they, they, they misbehave. But for the most part, I would say 98 to 99% of the people there are just there to have a really good time. No, I have no question. I'm saying for outside the community, if I got hurt at an Iron Maiden show, I don't think black people en masse would be like, that's shocking. It's just like me going to Yellowstone. And I'm like, Steve got attacked by a grizzly. People are like, oh, they're like, yeah, he was hiking in Yellowstone. They're like, yeah, that's not shocking. I, you know what? I can kind of agree with you for a second on this. I, I kind of get it because I was I was saying like it's racially biased. It's not necessarily racism, but you could I would. You, would you agree with me that it's racially biased what you're saying? Oh, no, th- there's no question at all. It's race. And here's my question. I still contend today. Um, remember, Michael was just like, dude, Metallica is humongous in Argentina. I was like, really? Oh, He's like, yeah. dude. Yeah. He said, I didn't even. He lived in an Adventist village that was like hours away from any big town. He said, even in my village, people knew Metallica. When they come to Argentina, it's a thing. I was like, I wonder why Metallica has a in Argentina. He's like, oh, it's humongous. Metallica bro. is huge. <laughs> no, I know Argentinians are not like. I guess you could you call them Hispanics? That's not really because they're Argentinians, right? They're Argentinians. They're not Hispanics, they are, right? Yeah. So, yeah. but what I'm getting at is like the uh, I fucking hate myself for saying this right now, but I'm gonna say it just for the purposes so you understand what I'm saying. But I hate myself for saying it. The Latinx community, for some yes, reason, love it. Yeah. Ah, fuck you, Hudson. But the <laughs> but the uh, that particular community for some reason loves Metallica. I don't know why, why. is that. That is so strange. To, like I get it because I like them. I like them, but. I, I think, in, you know, here's the funny thing. I would have no problem going to a Metallica concert. I wouldn't even be worried. Not even kind of. You would when you saw them ticket prices. That would be. But I, I know that the, like, I've talked to a, like quite a few brothers that just like Metallica. Like, they're almost like, oh, I like them. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I like them. But it's like, yeah, because I know if I go, I'm going to probably see color there for sure. For some reason in Metallica. I don't know why, for some reason, Metallica. It's very strange. But I don't know if Iron Maiden would do that. I think they have a very, very huge audience that is narrow as far as what the racial makeup of it is. Oh, by the way, same community that likes Metallica loves Iron Maiden. And I think they might love Iron Maiden more. If you were to go on YouTube right now and look up Iron Maiden live in Mexico or something like that, it's a sea of people. It's crazy how many people can fit into this place. It can't be safe. <laughs> they just they just keep letting them in. Yeah, it's nuts, man. But for some reason, Metallica and Maiden in Mexico, you know, South America, all just it's huge, crazy huge. I would say, you know what? It's probably because I know, like, if brothers don't like something, they're like, I ain't messing with that, and that's the end of it. That's the end of the conversation. Oh, I don't mess with that. Nah, I'm like, oh. Well. It's not going to give it a shot. Whereas maybe other cultures will give something a shot. We'll be like, oh, no, 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 no. Got to remember, though, there's a lot of brothers that play metal. There are, but they're not. I, a lot is funny. A lot in comparison to what you would think, yes. Compared to another culture, no. What do you mean? There's, like, as far as if you say, in my brain, if I saw a group of 1,000 brothers playing rock, I'd be like, holy cow, that's a lot of brothers. 
But if I saw, now let me see how, how many other cultures play rock, I'd be like, oh, that's not that many. But in comparison to what I would thought would be the amount, it's a lot. You want to know what I think? But in comparison, what do you think? I think that people need to stop being so stingy with their music. You know oh, what I'm saying? Interesting. Seriously, I think, that why? Why does it have to be like, well, this comes from our culture. I mean this for any culture. This comes from our culture, therefore you cannot have it. I think if you're allowed to sort of flirt with it and be influenced by it, I don't think that's a big deal. But I think that everyone's so, like, they just want to hold on to it so much. And I don't really see what's... I don't understand it. Like if we're trying to live in a world where everyone should blend together and everyone should, you know, that's that's what we would, at least that's what I think. That would be the ultimate goal is for everyone to live harmoniously and blend together. Then why can't we share the culture? Is it a watering down effect that uh, people are afraid of? Um, I think it's an intangible. I think there's something that's intangible in certain music that actually crosses cultures. Like, I don't know what it is about certain rock groups that brothers just feel comfortable liking. It's something about the music where there may be a bunch of brothers like one group, but maybe fewer brothers, but a good amount of brothers and sisters, black folks, like a certain rock group. It may not be the amount as another group, but it's still some. Like, Iron Maiden probably has a lot of black folks that like him, but it's just not going to be as many as, like, a Metallica. Why that is, there is an intangible that Metallica is doing that makes it way more welcoming to be like, oh, I get that. Like, I understand, like, Foo Fighters. I was the last person in my crew, unbeknownst to me, to like them. I text everybody when I first started listening to them, and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, you didn't know about the Foo Fighters? They're good. I was like, what? Is it okay? <laughs> did you put it out on No, on I was Black texting. Twitter? I was like, <laughs> okay did you know? No, I, would t- I text my boy. I was like, hey, Melvin, gee, you know who's dope? He's like, who? He's like, I was like, Foo Fighters. And he's like, gee, like, really? I was like, yeah, it's crazy. He's like, yeah, I always knew that. I assumed you knew that. Since you're in music, I thought you would know that they're good. I'm like, oh, I'm the crazy one. Whereas if I text him and said, you know who's dope? Iron Maiden. He'd be like, send me some songs. Send me some songs that make you say that. If I said, you know who's dope? Metallica. He'd be like, yeah, I know that. If I said, send me whatever, they'd be like, yeah, send me a song to make me think that it's dope. So there is an intangible that makes people gravitate to a certain thing. I don't know what the Foo Fighters are doing. I don't know what Metallica is doing. I don't know what Coheed's doing. But when I listen to their music, I'm like, I totally get it. I'm going to leave Coheed out of this, but I think that there might be, like you're saying, more you know, more black folks like Metallica than Iron Maiden. I can kind of see that. but And also the Foo Fighters, right? Yeah. But do you think it could be because of how commercial they are? They're more exposed. You don't see, you don't hear Iron Maiden on the radio. I would say Coheed's not more exposed. No, no, no. I left them out of the mix. I'm saying Foo Fighters and Metallica are very prominent bands. They're in the public eye a lot more. So maybe that's why they're more accessible. I would say I saw, growing up, I saw more Iron Maiden t-shirts than Metallica. That's because they're just cooler shirts, though. And you're right. You said something earlier. I never touched on it. But you're right. A lot of people wear Iron Maiden shirts that aren't even Iron Maiden fans just because of how cool the shirts are. And I saw that, but Talking I to you, never... Justin Bieber. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't even know what The Mummy was. Like, it didn't even... I didn't even put together that this was a musical group because I saw the t-shirt so much. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they do music, don't they? And I'm talking about when I was nine, ten years old, I would see those t-shirts around, which is why when we talked about them later, I'm like, they've been around for a freaking long time. Yeah, you're referring to Eddie, their mascot. They call him Eddie. There we go. Uh, he's yeah. only been a mummy... On one of the albums, like that's the thing was it's that it's a 
It's a mascot that changes with the theme of the album. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so the one you're talking that's about is from one of their more famous albums that's called Power Slave, and it's basically all based on like Egyptian times. I like that. Well, that, that shirt was dope. And they here's what they would always do. The, women, the girls and the boys. They like, Or maybe it came like that with the ripped sleeves. Did it come like that? I used to do that. My parents got pissed. Of course. But they'd walk <laughs> in with their Iron Maiden, and it didn't even register that... Um, Come to think of it, they didn't even have Nirvana t-shirts. And Nirvana was huge. They'd still have Iron Maiden. But then a Metallica thing did happen. Later on in my tour when I was growing up, everyone, I did see people with the just black Metallica t-shirt. A lot of people in my school had those. I think it really had to do with the artist, okay? Because so the artist for Iron Maiden back in the day, Derek Riggs is the artist or was the artist for Iron Maiden. He's the one that created the character Eddie. Dude. He should be rich. I think he is. But like how he drew Eddie's really resonated with the crowd. You know what I mean? And that, okay. quite okay. honestly, that's what got me to buy their album. Like, oh my God, look at this album cover. I'm going to buy this, right? Same thing happened with Metallica back in the day. They had this artist who went by the name of Pusshead. <laughs> yeah, I know. He also did art for the Misfits, which is another band that's a, it's an older punk band. You heard of Glenn? I remember them. You heard of Glenn Danzig? Yes. Yeah, he's the front man for the Misfits. They're actually touring right now. They're playing in Oakland on, uh, was it next Wednesday? Wait a minute, doesn't he have his own group? It was Danzig. Yes! Right. I remember that group, dude! Mother, tell your children not to walk my way. Gosh, yeah. I remember that! Holy cow, didn't put the two together. He's an angry little guy. I'm not a tall person, but he's an angry little man, that guy. You met him? No, I've just seen him be a dick on YouTube. There's a video of him getting his ass kicked by a bouncer. <laughs> on YouTube. Wow. Well, but it was totally his fault. He had it coming. If you, you know, if you're going to use that mentality and say like you had it, you had an ass beaten coming, he definitely had an ass beaten coming. You should check it out because it's just just YouTube. You don't have to do it right now, but YouTube Glenn Danzig gets beat up. Gets his monkey tail kick. Done deal. But yeah, but back to uh Pusshead, of course. I'm just saying yes. that he locked on to the Metallica stuff. They hired him and he they did like um when Metallica had Master of Puppets out. That's when he jumped on. And their first shirt that they did, I believe, was called, it was like a Damage Incorporated or something like that. Anyway, what I'm getting at is it's like one of the coolest shirts ever. I remember it looking everywhere for this shirt back in the day. And then like everyone had them. So I think that's why people are kind of drawn to that shit. You know what I mean? Like the t-shirts and why they wear them. It's not like that for every band. Like you don't have to see Abbey Road on the, you don't have to see Abbey Road at the corner of that picture of them walking across the street anymore. You can be like, do you have this album? And people will unconsciously be like, no, I don't have Abbey Road. Or yes, I have Abbey Road. Because even though it's just a, a photograph, it is art. The photographer made art that day. He's like, I want to do this thing. And I think that's a big deal. Like whoever did Metallica, whoever did the guy that did Metallica, the guy that did um, Iron Maiden, they created art that actually transferred from the art world into normal society. Right. That is impossible. That's what Andy Warhol did. Yeah. He made artwork that transferred into regular everyday society. Right. Like and I know that makes you famous. Like I know Disney's a juggernaut, right? But oh, yeah. in some circles, Eddie is like as famous as Mickey Mouse. Do you know what I mean? As far as like as being recognizable, I should say. Now I realize that if it's really not the case because Disney's just insane, but you get what I'm getting at, right? Oh, totally, dude. I'm sure that there's like from uh, I think that that is probably the most iconic character in music i don't think there is another character in music that is bigger than that yeah you're right that is huge you've heard of megadeth 
Yes. They have a, a mascot too. And he's still around on their albums, but he never quite got as famous. And his name was Vic Rattlehead, which he was basically a, uh, he was a ripoff of Iron Maiden's Eddie, if you ask me. You know what I mean? They just, every metal band wanted to have some kind of a mascot back then, but of all course. of them pretty much failed. <laughs> because it happens accidentally. Yes. It doesn't happen on exactly. purpose. It happens because someone thinks they look at the, they're like, hey, yeah, that looks cool. But little did they know you are creating something yeah. that is about to be. You know, a phenomenon happens. A freaking now. Do you think that Abbey Road is the most famous album cover of all time? I mean, it's up there. I don't know about of all time. That seems a little bit extreme. Because I was thinking about that just now, thinking about Iron, you know, Iron Maiden, and knowing that even though I don't like Iron Maiden, I'm not an Iron Maiden fan. I would know if they just showed a picture, I would know what it is. I'm like, oh, that's Iron Maiden. Even though I have not heard an, I haven't heard a song from them. I would say. That's Iron Maiden, and the artist would probably get giddy and be like, he doesn't even know the music, and he knows my artwork for that album. What about Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon? I do know that artwork. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I would say that it's super famous. It just seems like that Beatles walking across the street is so famous that people go see where they walked. That is a, <laughs> a huge album cover. Or like, I want to go to that place. No, it's definitely up there, bro. You can't deny that. And uh, like I said, I was jealous when Bucks was like, yeah, I've been there. What? I really wish we could have prepared for this one because there are some really famous album covers. It's impossible because this one is the hard one because if you go to any, because you know me, I went to the Reddit thread for it and everyone has their different, like some people be like the chronic and I'd say, oh, that's because I'm so, I'm older than they are. But when they were little, all they saw was the chronic. Their dad had it. It was everywhere. Oh, I think this is the most famous one. In their brain, maybe it was. Doggy Style might have been somebody's favorite. Songs in the Key of Life may be your favorite. Uh, different people may be your thing. But if as looking at it from a 40-year-old, that's not very old, but 41-year-old person, nothing made the impact that Abbey Road did. Nothing did. It just It's a massive juggernaut of a... And also, I think there's stuff that is implied in it, saying this is our farewell that's also a thing where it's like oh this is their farewell album now i want to think about album covers man like even like pink floyd's the wall is another iconic album cover that is an iconic album i don't know if it's an album cover you recognize it i don't think there's anyone out there if you held that album up what is this i think most people that had some basic understanding of rock and roll or just rock in general you know what i mean would recognize that album and you know what we would have to make two separate categories we'd have to put categories with people on the front because if we said Let's see who would know who the, it'd be like, yeah, but the Beatles are on the front. So they would say that's the Beatles, but we'd have to make a category fam most famous album cover without the band on the front. May a famous album cover with the picture of the people on the front. Cause then you'd be able to like who you could do the actual, what album is this? And like Iron Maiden, if you took off the words, a group of people would still know yeah. what's out. Iron right. Maiden. Yeah. You would, you could take off the words of who is this? And even if I showed my son, he'd be like, I don't know the group, but I know that emblem, though. I forgot the name of the group. That's a heck of a thing, dude. If I took Pink Floyd, maybe, dark, what, uh, if I took a few different people where they're not on the front, a lot of people would be like, I've seen it, maybe. Whereas The Mummy for Iron Maiden, it's over. It's not close. You've just seen it everywhere. Everybody has that t-shirt. I'm actually looking at famous album covers right now. Best album cover art. And the, that's funny. The first three, one of them is surprisingly Fleetwood Mac rumors. 
Here's my problem. I think they're conflating album covers with album. I don't know. Some of these, I think some of these album covers should not be famous because if it's an album cover, it doesn't necessarily have to be attached to a famous album. Though. I'm simply looking on Google images right now. Oh yeah, for sure. And for like sure, sure. the second one is Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Third, Abbey Road. And again, it's not ranked. I'm just telling you what pops up for Google searches. What's number four? Uh, take a guess. You know it. <sighs> Do I know it? You're in the neighborhood already. Huh. So it must be rock. Yeah. It's not Iron Maiden? No. That is surprising. Is it closer to Fleetwood Mac or uh, Beatles? Beatles. It's Beatles. Sergeant Pepper. Holy cow, that would be it. One that you can't deny. Nirvana's Nevermind. Oh, dude, for sure. Michael Jackson's Thriller. I almost said that one, by the way. You know what? I think I might take, yeah, maybe Michael Jackson's Thriller. I was thinking about Off the Wall, between Off the Wall and Michael. Yeah, I would take Thriller. I hope Song of the Key of Life is somewhere in there. Well, I'm now looking at, let's see, what is this one here? See, this is, I mean, where I'm pulling it from is just like the sun. <laughs> That's fair. That, but Google is a good sum yeah. of a lot of people. <laughs> um, it's a good barrier. Let's see. Guns N' Roses Appetite for Destruction is a very famous oh, album cover. Oh, dude. And that doesn't have them on the front. They're drawn as skulls. That's what I'm saying. You wouldn't know who they are. ACDC Highway to Hell. I don't even know that. Album oh, cover. I think a lot of people do, though. That's a very famous no, for album sure, cover. For sure. For uh, sure. I'm looking for some Stevie. I don't see any Stevie, man. They don't have Metallica? Surprisingly not. At least not yet. Do they have an album cover you would say is a famous album cover? I would say Master of Puppets. Can you picture that one at all? No, I cannot at all. I don't think I've ever seen the cover. It's a uh, kind of like a great, like a soldier's graveyard with all the crosses. And then there's these hands coming down that are puppeteer hands. Oh, yeah, I have seen this before. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So Iron Maiden's not on it yet? That is crazy. I'm trying to find something that's a little more legit as far as ranking goes. Here we go. This is good enough. Rolling Stones, and we're not going to do all of these, by the way. I knew you were going to say Rolling Stone. That's the perfect barrier. That right when you said I was like, that's who you go to. Right. Because that's a lot of editors in one room. Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. You know what? That's a good one. Absolutely. You see, that's a really, you know, it's the first CD ever printed. Great one. Beastie Boys Licensed to Ill. Oh, snap, huh? That's a great one, too. So famous that Eminem actually just straight up copied it for his last album. Really did. Too bad he didn't copy the skills. It right. Took. Anyway. Uh, another one. I don't know if you know this one. I think a lot of people do. Super Tramp, Breakfast in America. I do not know that. Look that up. I guarantee you do. Uh, the Clash, London Calling is another very famous one. U2's War is another famous one. Breakfast in America? Breakfast in America. Great album. I've never seen this. I have not seen this. Okay. No. How about Led Zeppelin, Houses of the Holy? Never. Oh, brother. What are you? You're just missing out right now. Zed Leppelin. Uh, but I oh, know. Surprisingly, I, oh, okay. I know one that you've seen and you've probably, and I guarantee you haven't heard this album. King Crimson in the court of the Crimson King. Never. I bet you you've seen it before. Okay, I can't wait. Wait, King, King, King. Everybody, hey, all listeners that don't know it, Google it with me. Yeah, play along. King of what's that? King Crimson. King Crimson. In the court of the Crimson King. In the court of the Crimson King. I'll be honest with you, I've never heard the album. Oh, I got a great one right now, too. Is it the guy like with the, with the face? Yeah, that funny never face. Never seen it. Never seen it. Really? Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, how about Van Halen's 1984? There you go. That's a great album cover, by the way. Never. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. 
I swear sometimes I still think you're lying to me. <laughs> this is crazy, Gene. There's so many good ones out there, man. But what's weird is I am not finding... There's no Iron Maiden. That's crazy to me. They don't have your boys? That is in... Can I say as not a Ma- an Iron Maiden fan? That is insane. Right? Screw you, Rolling Stone. What do you know? What do you guys think? What are some famous album covers that we haven't talked about yet? Yes, please send in your top 10. I'll make a deal with you. If you send in your top 10 by Tuesday, I will try to do a Facebook Live or a little mini show about what whoever sends in what. There you go. That's a good idea. I like that. However many people send your top 10 album covers, whether I know them or not, I will at least, and I will not open them until I actually get on air and be like, okay. I already know. I already know. Hopefully Shanks doesn't do me too wrong about Iron Maiden. Oh, no. He's fresh off a show. He's feeling it right now. I understand. I don't think he saw a black person in that arena. <laughs> it's very possible, but they're there. <laughs> I promise. They are. But yeah, I think. the. Why do you think that is? How could a Rolling Stone totally miss out on one of the famous, most famous things that you don't even listen to? I think they conflated what they've listened to with album covers. Jeez. Now I got to think about what would be their most. What would Iron Maiden's most famous album cover be oh that's interesting i thought it was gonna be the t-shirt yeah i think it might be the power slave album cover but let me see i may have to give it up there's two other ones too number of the beast and peace of mind hold on maybe. and also like oh lord live after death Jeez, i don't know okay best iron maiden album covers that's what i'm googling number one power slave yeah without a doubt number two killers not my personal choice, but I see. For album covers. Yeah. Number three, Somewhere uh, Peace of Mind. Yeah. So yeah, I say that's, that one's up there. Number four, Somewhere in Time. That is a really cool album cover. That is one that you can, you can dive into that one and see little Easter eggs and stuff. If you look in there hard enough, you can find Doctor Who's TARDIS. Here's the weird thing. Okay, Power Slave is not the one. The one that I've seen on t-shirts is the... Um, Live After Death. I've just found... No, it's Killer. Okay. That's the one I've seen on people's t-shirts. What about Number of the Beast? Number of the Beast isn't even in the top. No, it's not even in the top. I think it's a great album cover. Yeah, the, the, they only... Um, I'll, I'll tell it real quick for, the, for those in the back to hear. <laughs> um, it's Power Slave Killers, Peace of Mind, Somewhere in Time, Fear of the Dark, Dance of Death, Brave New World, No Prayer for the Dying, The Final 14, and Virtue 6, I guess? 7? Um, that is the that's the last one. Yeah, I don't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bullshit article that's a you're simple, reading. That's a, that's, that's a simple Google. I don't agree with you. But yeah. yeah, the one that I saw on T-shirts is Killers. That's the one that I always saw. And then there's another one that must not be an album cover of him just trying to get out of the grave band. Like he's trying to get out of the mummy wrapping or something like that. Uh, that is the uh, Power Slave tour shirt. Oh, see, that might be the one that I see all the time. Yeah, that's a Power Slave tour shirt. I bet they didn't even know that. I bet you they literally thought. I have that They shirt. probably didn't know what they were wearing. Do you really? I have so many Iron Maiden shirts. Gail just told me this morning that she's going, because I've had these shirts, right? And I don't really wear a lot of them anymore. She's going to take all of the shirts and she's going to make me a, a quilt, a rock t-shirt quilt with all my Don't you have another t-shirts. quilt? No. We're not a quilt family. Quilt. No, we don't. We don't have a uh, a uh, plethora of quilts in this house. They're selling a 1985 Maiden tour shirt for three hundred dollars, dude. I've 
seen quite a few Iron Maiden shirts. Like, I'm going through them, and I'm like, wow, I've seen all of these. They do something that's pretty genius, actually, and it must take a lot of money to do this. They actually have event shirts. For instance, I saw them in the Bay Area one time, right? Yeah. And they had, and there was three shows they played in the Bay Area, and on this shirt was a picture of Eddie, the mummy, as you're calling it, Eddie, who is, uh, it's just his face, and he's eating the freeways. That's pretty cool. And then they did one in Las Vegas, and it shows him at a, at a, uh, like a craps table or a poker table. You know, like, so they make these event shirts and they only make so many of them for each concert and people just buy that shit up. That's going to be my quest next week, actually. I'm going to get an event shirt. That's actually really smart. And also, you know who else is kind of doing that? Who's that? Not the t-shirts, but the way that they're doing their thing, the gorillas. Because they don't like, when you see those characters, you know who that is. They've created characters instead of following them. as Like if gorillas walked yeah. by me on the street, I wouldn't know who they were. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's their character. Like, I don't think you actually see gorillas play. I think there's a screen in front of them. Dude, how, how smart is that? It's pretty cool. But I don't know if I could get into that the whole time. I would not. No, not at all. Even if you were a gorilla, like a true gorillas fan, you love their music. Let's just say you loved everything about them, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it be a little bit boring to just watch a screen? One would think, but people watch Daft Punk and it's just two people with a helmet on. That's true. I heard, uh, speaking of Stern, we talked about Stern a little bit earlier. I guess uh, he went to this private show one time. It was just this like a party and Prince was going to play this party, right? But Prince was being like his princess <laughs> and he decided that he was going to play the set, but he would only do it in the dark. Are you kidding Come me? Come on, man. Prince was an asshole. I loved Prince, but he was an asshole. <laughs> well, I think it's really, it's, it's a funny thing where you're uh, uh, like people have their little quirks, but one thing Prince would not do as far as like on stage, he would have never been like, I'm just going to make a t-shirt and no one's really going to, they're going to know the t-shirt more than they know me. He was too vain. He could have never done the Iron Maiden thing. They'd be like, no, no, no. I want my face on the t-shirt. He got close with that artist thing though for a while. He got very close only to get out of his contract. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get, but yeah, people like that. Like, I think if Iron Maiden walked by me on the street, I wouldn't know who they were. Whereas I don't even know who Coheed and Cambria look like. I just know the hair. Yeah, I, they'd walk by. they be like, yeah. "That that must is the be most him. recognizable thing is Claudio Sanchez's hair." And I know uh, uh, Hetfield for sure. I know every member of Metallica. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, "Hey, was that what you would say to him though?" If you were walking by, you go, "Hey, yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> I would also, "Hey, bro, okay, can I not? This is gonna be sound mean. Cut it out if it's too." Nah, mean. it's not. No, I'm leaving the, it in. The guitarist needs to cut his hair. G. Are you talking about Kirk Hammett? Yeah, dog. Because it's thin and gray now? or Yeah, dog. Well, yeah. You're pretty mean. I'm leaving. <laughs> Anybody balding out there? Steve's talking to you. No, but, gee, why not just cut it off? It doesn't look very good anymore. Like, I honestly, <laughs> I hadn't really thought about it, but I've thought about it before. And you're right. Yeah, Kirk Hammett's hair needs to go. Well, that's what, uh, okay, you don't know the guy's name, but uh, Maynard James Keenan, who is the singer of Tool, right? When I first saw them in 92, uh, it was crazy because I wasn't even going to see Tool. I was going to see this other punk band called Corrosion of Conformity. And Tool just happened to open up and just destroyed, right? But uh, Maynard James Keenan, he had, you know what the Widow's Peak is, right? Of course, I have one. I do too, to a degree. But I'm talking like a straight up picture, just like a mohawk. 
and then long hair. <laughs> that's how bad it was, his widow's peak was. Wow. And that's how he used to come. I thought it was like intentional at first, but no, he just had a super receding hairline, which is now why he just shaves it off. But every once in a while when they go on tour, he'll grow the mohawk out again. But that's literally all he can grow. But he makes it work for him. I think it's tough because if something has been your thing and that thing is taken away, like I'm sure homeboy uh, from Metallica probably just like, listen, long hair used to be what identified me maybe. And he doesn't want to let that go. I get it. But I think he should let it go though. I think he looked good bald. Claudio Sanchez from Coheed and Cambria, he's like trolled everybody. He went to the barber and they cut his hair, but they did it to where it looked like they really cut his hair off. So he put that on an Instagram and people lost their shit over it. I mean, he looked good though. He's, he could totally do that. Even though that's a huge part of his identity, I think that he would be fine just cutting it off. He's not one that needs his hair to be somebody because he is the band. No. He writes the music. He's the voice. He does all of the concept. You know, everything is pretty much, it's his band. But uh, yeah, I think that it was funny, man. For a day, people just lost their shit. That I don't have. understand. And they don't have a say. They shouldn't have a say on what he does with it. Of course his- not. If, if anything, should be like, hey, like the look. Yeah. Can't wait for the next tour. It wasn't like they're like, fuck you, Claudio Sanchez. But they were just like, oh, God, I can't believe it. But then I'll be honest. I think there are a lot of younger than myself, younger Coheed fans. And they just get a little bit too drama about it, a little too emo about that, you know, but because they worship. I guy. think and I think they're at the perfect level of popularity. Right. Like they could go somewhere, fill a cool theater yeah. and actually walk around in life. And occasionally people stop them and be like, I love your stuff. They are at the perfect level. They also have this talent of going on stage in huge venues where there's like 50,000 people and blowing minds because no one's ever heard of them before. I've seen it happen so many times. People are like, who is this group? And here's my thing. Like right now, normal clothes, how many times, because it's a new it's a new generation. How many times does Hetfield get stopped going walking down Hollywood Boulevard? He's still pretty recognizable, but he's also getting up there in age. That's what I'm saying. He might look different in person. No, but he's still pretty recognizable. He's just, he's turning into the cowardly lion from Wizard of Oz. He looks, wow. he just, he's getting this look about him. It's weird. It's really crazy. Like it's just in the last year or so, he's really aged a lot. I think like for, for me, uh, speaking of which, everybody check out, I, I've said it before, but if you get a chance, check out Hetfield's uh, take on the Beatles in my life. It's freaking beautiful. He plays it on acoustic guitar for the small crowd. And I was like, oh, he didn't try to do any Hetfieldian things. It's like he literally was just singing it to himself. They're like, sing like, like Hetfield. Oh. He's like, no, whoa. <laughs> he was talking about when he was singing it, you're like, this applies to Metallica. It's like, there's a lot of things they did in their life. And it's like, it's coming to a close. It was like, oh, this is hard. This is like, wow, this is beautiful. But I think they realize, he realizes it's, 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 they're going to always be famous. But I think once you see other people coming up behind you, even though not many people in the game are as famous as Metallica, Metallica could not drop an album. How many people can, can sell out stadiums on old stuff? That's it's a gift, dude. This is Iron Maiden's tour. This particular tour, they're doing just that. Do you remember the feeling it, that you had when you realized Prince was doing nothing but old stuff for 2000 Forever? Oh, I just got sad thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> When he came out and opened, first he did musicology, but then when he does Let's Go Crazy, people don't remember that he hadn't done that song in concert for, I mean, he would refuse to do old stuff. And then he does it. 
And that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I love that Metallica is like, we will never do the thing where we're only doing new album stuff. We know why you guys paid your tickets. You want to, and they, it's almost like they hit, like if I Google search um, Inner Sandman, I'm not going to have to go into the depths of YouTube to find them doing it live. They're like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to give you all the good. Oh yeah. That's what every, that's what every group should do. Just do the hits. Now, mind you, someone like Paul McCartney, you're going to always walk away being like, oh, he didn't do. Well, yeah, because if he did every song you liked of his, he would be on stage for like eight days. He can only do so many, but he tries to. Because I remember one time when I was at Dodger Stadium watching him, he said, I'm sorry, people, but I have to do a new song because, you know, the manager says I have to do at least contracts and such. Yeah, and I was like, oh, for him to be like, I would just do old stuff all day today. <laughs> I would just keep on doing old stuff, but I have to do a new yeah. one for you guys. I'm sure Paul's but, at the point where he can just do whatever he really wants to do, but he's being good about it. He must be. And then he's like, we got a guest in the video, and Natalie Portman was doing stuff up there. It was pretty cool. But anyway, um, uh, for me, the the benchmark of an artist is 20 years from now, can you tour on just your old stuff? That's how, that's, who can do that? Who can I'm going to really age do, myself like, for a second. Some arm, but. Uh-oh, I cannot wait for this. Uh, I saw Lionel Richie, and he did that. And it was fucking great. That dude's a beast. It was so fun, dude. It was me, Gail, and my mom. We went to that concert at the Hollywood Bowl, and it was fantastic. But he did the thing, like what you're saying, can an artist get by on touring exclusively on their hits, right? I yeah. believe they can. Like I said, Iron Maiden is doing that right now. And Iron Maiden's cool. I'm, I'm going to go back to Lionel Richie, but Iron Maiden's cool because they'll actually do an album and they'll be like, screw you. We're playing pretty much the entire, as many of the album songs that we want to. And we might throw you a few hits, but it's mostly yes. this album's tour, right? And then yes. they'll do a tour cycle where they do this, where it's just a greatest hits tour. And it's fantastic. Uh, Lionel Richie did a thing where it was pretty much the hits. I can't remember. I want to say the tour was called the hits, if I'm not mistaken. So we went to this one because, you know, it's the hits. But he, yeah. he opened up with a new one, though. And that fucked everybody up a little bit. <laughs> I remember. What the crap is this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They were just like, uh, what? thought we were playing for the hits. Even my mom. Because we were so excited. The lights go out and we're just ready to hear it all. And he just comes out and sings a new song. And I remember my, <laughs> it was just one, like no words were said. Both my mom and I, both at the same time, just kind of like, because there was, Gail was in between us, you know? <laughs> and we just sort of like looked at each other like, what? And started rolling because we just said, we said no words, but we're like, yeah, this ain't the hits. And then he stopped and he ended up just like killing the rest of the, of the concert. It's fantastic. Because he has, and you know, the younger people, like younger artists, they're not young, I guess, but like people like Usher, they've been now doing it for 20 years and he can go on tour on old stuff. Like you make me wanna and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, you do have a catalog now. You're, I remember when he was new and someone's like, oh, these young guys now have catalogs. Like, not young, young, but like Dre and Snoop never have to make another album. If they did another Chronic tour, they probably fill out like stadiums. If they're like, hey, we're going to do the whole thing again. Yeah, we want to see the Chronic live. Having never, if, if Snoop toured Doggy Style, I would go. If he just did Doggy Style. For sure. I think he's done that before. Has he toured Doggy Style? I'm pretty sure. You know, we're missing other people too. Elton John just did this. I heard. Uh, yeah, I know, but he did it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he did. he did. He's like, I would have been like, I know people that's paid 300 some change and they're like, we. Hey. Stevie Wonder did uh, it one time. That's the concert I saw. He did all the hits. And he just toured Songs of the Key Alive. Yes. 
But I'm talking about, you were talking about a hits tour. Stevie did it. And Billy Joel, he does the hits tour every time. That's all he does now. Um, who else does that? Oh, George Michael, before he passed away, would just do the hits. Even hits that I really didn't dig, like Too Funky. I wasn't into Too Funky. But live, I was like, eh, <laughs> it's not bad. I like that. But he knew he knew what people came to see. Like, he could have said, I'm never singing Careless Whisper again. Nope. He sang it every time. Like, Because he knew without this song. Well, never mind. Never mind. Without that song, he'd still be George Michael. But still, you know what I'm saying? Right. He was an amazing artist regardless. But there's people that can do uh, Foo Fighters. They can mix the two. They're not going to just tour on old Right, hits. but they do have 20 plus years of back catalog that they totally could do that if they wanted to. Bingo. I'm still going to see a Foo Fighters show. No question. I just want to see it when they don't have a new album out. I would like just a tour. I think they only tour. You might catch, oh. I don't know if it's going to be a tour. You might catch a show here and there, but they pretty much when they tour, it's just for the albums. Okay. That's, no, that's totally fair. And don't worry. They still play all the hits. They play three hours, dude. Gee, they they are up there, dude. That's that's a and and here's again. I think that there's a thing to be said about longevity. You look at the people like right now. You're going to be able to see if Coheed lasts for 20 years because you've seen them from Joe. Yeah, they're on 15, 16 years right now. There it is. And you know what? That that means that this is what they're going to be, right? You don't think that they're going to explode into Wembley Stadium? You think no. this is their level right now? I mean, I think they grow a little bit each time because they pick up more fans along each tour cycle. But I, yeah, I don't ever think we're going to see them doing uh, Wembley or maybe Madison Square Garden. See, that's a, now and Wembley is not what Wembley used to be. Like Wembley, they changed the stadium. It's not what it. It doesn't even look the same. What's the big one over there? Is it is Wembley or is it O two? O2 is like the state, the enclosed stadium. Right, but what's bigger? But Wembley's the open. Uh, I think Wembley's the open. That's the, I think that's one of the biggest in the nation okay. or in the world. And uh, like it used to be a big deal. Now it's like, yeah, you filled Wembley. But like when Michael Jackson was doing that, it was insane. When Wham did their farewell concert at Wembley Stadium, that's insane for a farewell concert to be like, boom, that huge. Like, and now, you know, when you see, these people doing it. It doesn't even look like as many people. Like you look at live at Bucharest for Michael. You're like, when do you see that anymore? You see that with Metallica. You see that with Iron Maiden probably. Not many people can get that many people to this day. That's a lot of folks, G. And like you're, you're totally right. Like when I clicked on Argentina Metallica, I said that is a sea of people. Right. An ocean of human beings. And they're up there. People don't. Get, well, they do because that's why they're famous. But people need to re- put some respect on Metallica's name because they were up there jamming like it was their first show. They have paid their dues. They deserve the respect. They did it the old fashioned way. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily care for their whole model now. To me, they seem like they're just a machine, much like how Kiss is. Kiss is just about, yes. hey, look at all this, uh, these pop-up stands that we can put up and you can own a kiss. You can get buried in a kiss coffin. Steve, you can literally get buried in a kiss coffin. Jeez Louise. <laughs> you know what I mean? Gene Simmons is a piece of shit. And that guy just, he, everything. He actually tried to copyright the, you know, the, the metal horn sign that people do. Oh, at concert. Yeah. He tried to copyright that. Of course he did. It's money. And, and it's sad, but like I, I um, let's just put it out there right now. I, That's Ronnie James Dio's thing. Asshole. Not you, of course. Remember when we talked about Metallica, like, a year ago or so. We've talked about Metallica months. a lot on this show. Which is good because, I mean, when you talk about music, famous people are going to come right. up sometimes. 
<laughs> but uh, what happened was uh, I looked up on YouTube. I looked on YouTube and saw one of their performances. I guess they the one of their, it's not one of their first. It was like 83, 84. But it was during a uh, one of those metal things they did at Wembley mm-hmm. where they had like, I don't even know what they called it. It was some sort of all these rock Big festival, like Castle Donington or the Down. Yeah, festival, one of those massive ones. Right. And it was that it was one of those festivals that they came out and destroyed everybody that preceded them. And people didn't really, really, really know who they were yet. And I was like, oh, that's why he doesn't like Hetfield. He was not like he is today. He was just a rocker to the heart. I was like, man, this dude was, these guys came out and they were jumping all over the place. I didn't know the song, but I was like, oh yeah, these guys are, they almost, almost like they were natural. They got up there. They knew how to make the people say what they were saying and put their hands to their ears. I'm like, oh, these guys are natural superstars. Even if they weren't quite yet, they were natural. They were going to be huge, I think. Right? They had to be. I mean, it makes sense. History's kind of proven that. Exactly. (laughs) And from that performance, I was like, I mean, probably. You know what? Let me stop lying. Because I didn't see anybody else's performance. They just were like, this is one of those performances that lift you from a really good band to a, oh, these are people that are like, these guys are it. And I'm like, I didn't listen to the rest of them. So maybe the rest of them did the same thing. But that performance, I was like, oh, I didn't listen to the whole 25 minutes. But I was like, oh, yeah, these guys are. Metallica's always been really good. I think one of their most famous performances was, uh, God, it was so long ago. Cliff Burton was still alive. So it must have been 84, 85. That was the one I think I saw. Then it was Day on the Green. Because it was like a sea of people and they were up next. I mean, I'm not entirely sure, bro, but I know that they did Day on the Green in Oakland and they destroyed. It was like them and I don't even remember. Maybe Van Halen, maybe the Scorpions. I'm probably just making some shit up right now, but I know when they came out, they crushed it. That's I put in what was the bin, like, I, I Googled best performance that made them famous or whatever. And that was the one that came up on YouTube. And I was like, oh, let me check this out. And I was like, oh, they came in with a, like, yeah, we're Metallica. And, it was, and did I ever tell you my homegirl had lunch with them? With Metallica? Yeah. Was she win some kind of contest or something? No, she was in Alaska at a random bar and they walked in. They had just done a show and they walked in and she walked over. She's like, are you guys Metallica? And he was like, yeah, we just did a show. And it was like an 86, 87. And he was like, oh, and they just had drinks and lunch together. Have you heard of a band called Mastodon? I sure have. You went to go see them. I almost went to go see them. I actually did not get to go this last time around. But back in the day, got to hang out with them. They used to go uh, play San Francisco a lot. And they played this place called Slim's. And they always went to hang out at this place called The Hemlock. I don't know if they still do. But it's just rock bar, basically. And my buddy and I would go over there. And we'd just sit there and have drinks with Mastodon. They were cool as shit. Great people. Maybe other things were shared. I don't know. I'm not going to say allegedly things may have also been shared with Mastodon. I don't know. But, but uh, yeah, they're, they're great people. Uh, let me tell you a story real quick before we leave. Um, when I was in church, there was a guy that sung like Stevie Wonder, and he was super popular in the Christian circles. He also did background for Stevie Wonder, and he produced, and I always wanted to produce like him, right? right. I mean, through my whole life, I knew who that John Gibson loved him all through my life. And one day... Uh, um, I mean, it was so weird because my whole family loved him. He sang just like Stevie Wonder. And so uh, I produced Keisha's album and he out of nowhere contacts her and said, oh my gosh, this is really good. Who did this? And he's like, oh, me and this guy named Steve. 
He's like, why don't you guys come to my house? Oh, wow. And I went to, I went to his house and we just talked and I just talked about his album. And Oh, you were like, on cloud it. nine. Oh, dude, do you know how nerdy I, I said, hey, who did the horn? There was a point where I asked him about who did the mic thing for the da 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 And he looked at me and he's like, dude, you're real. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you're a lot. <laughs> you're friends a lot, isn't it, Keisha? <laughs> Like I asked him, where did you mic the horns and who did the background for that one part? Because I noticed you cut the tape and da 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 da. He's like, wow. Um, I don't know. I don't remember that album. Just it was thirty years ago. Can I get you an iced tea or something? Do you want to tone it down? Yeah. Take it down a notch. What, maybe just have a normal conversation. <laughs> exactly. What he did was he's like he felt flattered, so he's like, okay, come here, and he took me into a studio. And then the next time he was in Fresno, we all got together and went to IHOP. You guys just had some Rudy Tooty Fresh and Fruity together? Seriously. Yep. And we just talked. And But I couldn't. Uh, I was told, you remember these things because you are a nerd like that. He's not going to remember who did what in all this. And I even asked him, hey, I know she did Stevie Wonder's background for um, I Go Sailing in like 1990. And he's like, I mean, yeah, I did. I'm like, when do you guys play? And they're in my mom was like, you're just way too much. <laughs> <laughs> you know that thing you do, Steve? Don't do that. Don't do I that's what worries me about like getting someone like Dave Grohl. I think I would get too nerdy and too technical. Cause I read liner notes. Like I read who did what, what studio they recorded at, how this happened. Remember when I cause when I when you first told me about them, I got way too deep. I went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, you do the deep dive. And I was like, okay, now I know who played on this song, how he wrote it. And then I go, okay, what made him write this song? Who is this song about? He might be like, I don't know, G. (laughs) (laughs) I just wrote a song and it's out there now. I don't know. I don't know who the engineer at the hit factory was that particular day. I don't know. So I just don't want to do that to anybody. But some musicians might be like, I remember the day, the moment. Like Paul McCartney's the type, he remembers all that stuff. Scrambled He's eggs. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. He remembers that, oh, I know who did it that day. He'll be like, oh, no, 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 no. That wasn't the session we did that. I'm like, wow, Paul McCartney remembers that stuff. He remember like, there's a song. They said um, Maxwell Silverhammer is technically the song that broke up the Beatles. That song. Really? You got to read. We don't have time now, but read up on that story. He was so anal about how he wanted it done that people were like, yeah, we're done with Paul. We're done. This song, it's we're done. We're finished. They went over like 30 times. Like, oh, for, if this is going to be Paul forever. And it is. It's him. We're washing our hands of Paul after Maxwell Silverhammer. See, you do it so much better, G. I thought I did such a good job. Hold on, ready? Here we go. Good morning. Come on, then. I can't do it. What are you doing to your cheeks? I'm not doing anything to my cheeks. So what are you, you don't doing? don't think about my cheeks, Hudson. Okay, hold on. You can think about my cheeks. You make it more nasal. Make it more nasal. You talk from your nasal pharynx. You go, you go, you go here. No? <laughs> Hello, love. Fancy a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing today? <laughs> Well, aren't you glad you listened to this one, guys? <laughs> Gee, okay, Dan, I'm going to tell you the truth. What's up? This is the most fun I've had on this freaking show. I swear to God. I like it when we just keep it loose. I man. really you know do. <laughs> guys, okay, we didn't do our movie reviews. You made-
made my day, G. You just yeah. made this show. Every okay, not saying any other shows are bad, but we do another show, and this show always shows me why I'm never gonna stop doing this show. I dare, I'm gonna be real. If we ever, it was a situation of we could do this daily, three days a week. Do you understand how popular this? It show would, be would be a piece of cake to do. That's the thing. And this show would be humongous. <laughs> <laughs> this show would be humongous if we did it five days a week. Like so, sincerely, I hope you guys don't mind that we do this from time to time because let's face it, there and I'm not knocking it. It's just it's a fact. Including us, there are a lot of shows out there that talk about movies and what they've watched and what they're watching. And go get it someplace else. This week we're just keeping it loose. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. We are, for lack of a better word, almost overwhelmed doing two shows with our schedules right yes. now. But we're getting by. So we really do appreciate you guys hanging with us. And I know it's been a little bit sporadic. You never know when we're gonna drop, but I assure you, like we said at the top of the show. Once the word is over, we're going to go back to a routine, you know, weekly, probably on Wednesday or Thursday thing. And it's going to be that way all the time, for the most part, anyway. Totally. And I got to get out of here. But the next voice you're going to hear is him doing the probably contact information. Wow. You were reading my mind. Also, I'm going to put this out there. We are one of the music nerds that know entirely too much about music. And we never thought it would come into play. We just knew. We've listened to so much music in our life and read the liner notes that we know music accidentally. And so when someone is like talking about one thing, we could be like, that's kind of like that group. And the person will never have heard of that group. We did because we're nerds. We could rattle off album covers because we're nerds. I can hear Boris Karloff saying right now, and the Grinch's balls grew two sizes that day. (laughs) I did not. I've never heard that. Of course not, Steve. Why would you? It was a terrible joke to begin with, but... All right, I'm out of here. People, next time you're going to hear Dan for the next few minutes. We are the best at music and we are also the heroes of noise. Holla at you, boy. I mean, he said it. I'll let him believe it, but I'm the more modest guy. What are you going to say? Uh, What are you going to say? Listen, you've been listening to the Heroes of Noise. It's a loose show. Episode 83. Yes, that's right. We're still around. We hope you enjoyed this one. If you guys want to get a hold of the show, Hit us up at Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com, ladies and gentlemen. Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, you can hit us up at Heroes of Noise. Reach me, Dan, at Dan Q Public. Steve, at SE underscore Hudson Music. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. But we're rarely on Instagram, but technically we are. Go to www.heroesofnoise.com and check out everything we have to offer there, including the word, the unofficial preacher podcast. Do this shit. Subscribe to our show. Subscribe to both of them. Check out the Julianne Emery interview that we just did recently. It's, it's a hoot. We had a good time. And, of course, scroll down to the Pods of Justice section and look at all of our friends. See, Look at them. Look at all that artwork they did. They worked very hard on this. And if you click on the links, you're going to see all the material that they have for you to listen to. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. We will be back next week. My name is Dan Ramirez. Be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Peace.